I'm going to introduce to you Jono Gupta. <laughs> Jono leads our youth. Him and his beautiful wife, Kieran, um, key leaders in our church. And uh, I've asked Jono to bring a word to us today. And I know he's got a great word, so get ready. And uh, watch out, all right? No pressure. Just Thank go you. for it. <laughs> Thank you. This is the first time I'm wearing this thing, so it'll be fun. I think it's on. Yep. Awesome. So, it, like, yeah, like Matt said, uh, it's such a privilege to speak to you today. And I'm really thankful for the opportunity. So, um, let's get into it. I'm going to be presenting, or not presenting, but speaking today about the whispering spot, hearing the voice of God. Um, and as I was sort of thinking about this, it was kind of like, uh, I don't know if it's just me, but I just feel like, Time seems to be going faster, life is getting busier, and technology is making us even more connected to each other, but also the world, uh, than ever before. Uh, is anyone else feeling like this? Yeah? Good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah, finding time for quiet or silence is almost non-existent in today's fast-paced society. And even when we have those moments of quiet, the majority of us have a device in our pockets that gives us the access to the wealth of the world uh, at the, uh, the, tip, the tips of our fingers. Um, and we can search up any topic at any point in time about anything that uh, we want to. The algorithms, they draw us in. They get us hooked and addicted to the interesting and sometimes hilarious content that we can look at. Um, and it leaves us with no waking moments of peace and quiet. And it's like our minds are permanently switched on. Now, don't get me wrong, there is a lot of really good, God-inspired and thought-provoking content out there uh, that speaks to our hearts, it creates sparks within us, and it uh, fans the flame of the Spirit. It builds our knowledge of Him and it encourages us to speak to others about Christ and also to help us share the love of God. Yet too much of this good thing can actually contribute to the chaos of our minds. And we can find ourselves yet again longing for peace, quiet and stillness. You know, God can use these resources to speak to us through others, but I want to share with you, with you today that God wants to speak to us individually and intimately to reveal His heart and call us into the purpose He has for us. He wants us to be still and to know that He is God. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this time. We thank you for the peace that you bring and we thank you for your presence. And we just pray that you would just Use me as your vessel to, to speak your words. And I just thank you so much for the, the word that you've placed on my heart. And we just pray that, as Matt prayed earlier, that people would be changed by the message that you are bringing today. In your mighty son's name. Amen. So God speaks in many ways and he places the desires on our hearts and the, and the dreams in our minds. And even last night, uh, I got woken up at three something. And uh, as I was lying there, I got given uh, this image of tips. You know, he gives us tips. And that's thoughts, that's images, or that's promptings. So not in the script, but hey, let's go with it. All right. And so just think of that when I'm talking about when God's speaking to us. You know, He opens the doors of opportunities and He can speak to people and He speaks to us through the promptings that we have, but also in the pain and the troubles, the struggles that we face. And there are so many examples in the Bible that we could refer to, but I want us to draw, I want us to look at Elijah in 1 Kings 19. Um, and I'm going to look at a big chunk. It's uh, verses 1 to 15. But just so that you're aware of the context of the story, Elijah has just facilitated one of the greatest showdowns of the gods in Israel's history on Mount Carmel. And if you don't know the story, I want to encourage you to read that this week. 
to see uh, how, it, uh, how the story unfolds. But chapter 18 finishes with God proving himself to Israel. He rains down fire from heaven and it finishes with Elijah being strengthened mightily within the Lord. So as we're going to read, we're going to read from uh, verse 1 of chapter 19. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way that he had killed all of the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah, May God strike me and even kill me, if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you, just as you have killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down and under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down under a bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave and he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replied, I have zealously fought, a serv- sorry, I've zealously served the Lord God Almighty. The people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. They've torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible, bl- terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken your covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be king of Aram. There's a lot in that and there's probably more that we could look at, but I want to talk about four things Uh, regarding this sort of side of things and walk through this passage. The first thing I want to say is is that why do we need to hear from God? And just like Elijah in the story, I was uh, convicted in the sense of that how easy it is to go from the mountaintop of Mount Carmel where God has proven himself to Israel and we see the powerful, awe-inspiring presence of God and then to be completely dismayed and fearful when we experience the first counter of adversity. You know, God proved himself faithful to all of Israel. And then literally a few, a few verses later, Elijah is praying for God to take his life out of fear and trembling of mere humans. You know, this, show, this story shows us exactly why we need to remain in the intimacy of God's presence. The world will come at us. The devil only seeks to steal, kill and destroy. 
and he will do whatever he can to bring us down from the mountain of revival and instill fear within us. So what does God do? He feeds Elijah. I'm always good for a meal. (laughs) He gives him a good nap. I'm always down for a nap. And he tells him to go to the holy mountain of Mount Sinai. And God asks him, what are you doing here? You know, if I was Elijah, I'd be thinking, what What are you asking me? I just traveled 40 days and 40 nights. Didn't you hear my cry? You know, they're trying to kill me. And it's almost like Elijah goes, hey, this is my resume. This is what I have done for you. And this is what my outcome is. And God does something fascinating next. He sends a windstorm. He sends an earthquake and he sends a fire. But he wasn't in them. And I wonder if it was because Elijah had already known God's power. He had already seen the power and the presence on Mount Carmel with fire raining down. These things didn't get his attention. But then the Lord came through the sound of a gentle whisper. And ah, now Elijah is intrigued and he leans into the cave to listen. You know, if we are not attentive to the soft, still voice of the Holy Spirit within our lives, the mountaintop experiences will never satisfy. If these are the only experiences we seek, then we will be able to praise and glorify His name in the moment, but as soon as we come against opposition or adversity, we will crumble with fear. So let me paint you a picture just to get the image across. Uh, If you think of driftwood heading downstream of a river, you know, the river is our lives and we are the driftwood as we go down. And as we move with the the current, the driftwood goes with the motions of the river. And at face value, things seem to be pretty good. We're heading in the right direction. We seem to navigate the waters as it goes along. And we do it relatively well. But this driftwood has no sense of direction or discernment. It can't slow down or speed up or move to the right or left. And its movement and direction is completely governed by the landscape of the river. So when things start to change and the river speeds up, the rocks start protruding and rapids occur, this supposedly well-maintained driftwood all of a sudden becomes tremendously damaging to the environment as it smashes around against different obstacles and can, in fact, end up destroying itself. But if you consider that same wood, however, it is fitted with a rudder and oars and it is tightly bound together with other pieces of wood This wood, now it's a boat or a raft, is intimately connected to God. It's receptive to his voice and it is is in close community with other believers. And together it has the direction and the discernment it needs to navigate the river as the obstacles arise. You know, hearing God's voice helps us to discover our identity and our destiny in our lives and equips us to strengthen each other in the body of Christ we all then have the greater capacity and opportunity to see his kingdom come here on earth. So point two is how does God speak to us? You know, it says in Job 37.5, which is a verse that Finn shared with me a little while ago, and it's great. It says, God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. And I was thinking, how amazing and awesome would it be to hear the thunderous voice of God? it would certainly strike fear into the hearts of many. You know, I think of the thunderstorms that come through and it shakes the whole house, and that's even fearful for me, you know, but to hear his voice in that thunderous way. You know, and holy fear is essential to our faith. 
like what Matt said, not to be terrified of him. But we need to remember that we serve a big God who holds all authority on heaven and earth. But what is fascinating is that the, the thunderous voice of God is usually not the way that he communicates with us. And when we seek the gentle whisper of God, we lean into his words. A whisper requires attentiveness and intentionality. You know, you have to get in really close if you want to hear what the whispering person is saying. And when we lean into God and we're listening for Him, the beauty of this is that we don't just hear His voice, we actually hear His heart. And when we are intimate with the Lord, it always leads us to a place of conviction. Our sin cannot stand in the presence of the Almighty. Intimacy reveals the fullness and the majesty of the creator of the universe. And our perspective shifts from our ever-present daily struggles to the magnitude of God, the one who has already won the victory over the enemy. And we find freedom, healing, and revelation through communion with our Heavenly Father, and we are reminded of His deep love for us. Intimacy with Him sustains our faith. And our thoughts, desires, and passions align to his perfect and pleasing will. And we have a greater capacity to run the race that he has already marked out before us. He also speaks to us through his word. And when I want to come back to that tip that I was just talking about, the thoughts, the images, and the promptings, the way that we can test that is by what is said in about his character in his word. And one of the sessions I was listening to on our youth curriculum, and it says that when we are reading the Bible, we read it until we have cause to pause. We pause when there is confusion, because that leads us to a place of further research, further understanding, and we get the context of what he's trying to say. We pause when there is conviction. This leads us to a place of confession, we present our sins to him and we receive the, gr the gift of grace. And we pause when there is prompting, which leads us to pray for guidance and direction, whether that is for our own lives or if it's prompting to share into the life of someone else. And as we do this, the Holy Spirit will quicken the word within you when and how he chooses to do so. Reading the word is not about head knowledge, but it is about the discernment of the heart. You get the word into you until it actually gets into you. That's not mine. <laughs> but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Number three, how do we create an ear to hear? You know, God is here. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. Yet what is uh, the problem is, is that it's our, our, our awareness is absent of him. I'll say that again. I didn't say that right. Yet what is absent is our awareness of him. And think of it like this. When it starts raining and you might be out and you, you feel that first drop on your body and all of a sudden you can see the raindrops in your vision. And then you also then hear the raindrops as it hits the ground. And then maybe a moment later you actually start to smell the, uh, the refreshing scent of the rain. If you get at least one of those things, whether you're feeling it, you're seeing it, you're hearing it, all of a sudden your whole body starts to tune into this experience that you're feeling. You know, and that's exactly what happens when we create the space of God to speak. We create and we find our whispering spot and the voice of God gets a little bit louder, a little bit
bit clearer and our whole body tunes in. And that's when our hands start to raise without thinking. That's when our breathing gets a little bit deeper. We might pray in our spiritual language and then the presence of God is felt upon us. Our whispering spot requires silence and solitude because you can't effectively hear someone whisper when there are noises, distractions, notifications, anything that's buzzing around. God speaks the loudest when we are the quietest. In Matthew 6, 6, it says, But when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who is seen, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. In order for us to hear the word of the Lord, we need to close the door to the world around us because it is so easy to get distracted. Father of three children, there's distractions all the time, every time. But it's not only by them, it's also by the thoughts that are in my mind. It's our thoughts, our emotions, and our plans for the day or the week or our whatever it might be. We need to shut off the noise that's going on in our heads and focus intently on what God is speaking to us. Just as Samuel prayed in his bed when he heard the voice of the Lord, he said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. How do we find our whispering spot? Well, the first thing is to find your spot. Find your location. Find whatever uh, place it is, whether it's a room, a nook, a chair. If it's out in nature, if it's on the drive to work, whatever it is, find your place where you're going to be free of distraction, where you're going to have that silence and the solitude. Find your time, whether it's early morning before anyone's woken up or at lunchtime or right before bed, whatever's going to work for you to be able to be uh, in the presence of God. And find your consistency. Intimacy requires regular connection and engagement. And if you don't do anything consistent now, I want to encourage you to start small. Whether it's one day a week, two days a week, whether it's for five minutes or whatever it is, you start to build that into your consistency. Because God desires a willing heart, not a begrudging one. I had thought, you know, imagining me demanding that Kieran and I spend 30 minutes every single night spending time with each other and go, well, that's what we have to do because that's what good married couples do. I think that Kieran would get sick of me pretty quickly (laughs) if that was my (laughs) attitude, right? No, I want to spend time with her and we don't spend 30 minutes every single night, but uh, I spend time with her not because I have to, but because I want to and I desire to know her more deeply. And that's the same with God. He desires you and just you. So what do we do with what he says? We don't become empty vessels in order to remain empty. I might say that one again. We don't become empty vessels in order to remain empty. Because what good is that? Our intimate time with the Father will will fill us up to equip us to do his will. You know, when Elijah cried out to the Lord and said the people of Israel were trying to kill him, God's response was not to pity Elijah. He gave him a meal, he gave him a rest, but then he told him to go to the mountain. And when Elijah cried out to him and said, they're trying to kill me too, he didn't let him sit in his misery. What did he do? He gave him a mission. When we listen to the word of God, he calls us to be mission-minded, not self-focused or self-seeking. So let's be believers of quick obedience, responding to his call. In Matthew 7, 24 and 25, it says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice 
is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had the foundation on the rock. And Lons, I might get you to come up. I know you're taking photos of me, but come, and t- come up and play. <laughs> come up so I can finish it. <laughs> you know, when he deposits dreams and desires within us, let's write them down. Let's pray over them and seek wise counsel. You know, I've had many dreams about this moment right now. This is the first time I've done this by myself. And I've dreamt about it. But the funny thing is, is that he's given me little golden nuggets throughout the way. And sometimes I've been really good at writing this down. And there have other been times where I've been lazy and then I've forgotten. You know, and hopefully by the grace of God, he continues to do that for me. So I can continue to share and minister in this forum wherever I can. When he opens doors let's, uh, and prompts us to go through them, let's be bold. Let's run through them, trusting in God to complete the good work he has already started within us and continuing in our intimacy for ongoing guidance and discernment. It's not a once-off on a Sunday. It's an every day. It's an every day. And lastly, let's be a community that strengthens each other to further the kingdom of God to win souls for Christ and to see lives transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit upon us. Let's encourage, let's pray, let's prophesy for each other and let's equip each other in love and stand with each other in the triumph as well as the pain. You know, we have to shake off the lies that stop us from hearing God, that calls us to be inactive. And now is the time to band together and go after the Jezebels of this world, to throw down discouragement and the desire to give up and be filled with the Holy Spirit for His mission. Because if we try to do these things without spending time in the whispering spot, hey, we may make a lot of noise. We might shake the ground and we might set some fires, hopefully not literally, but we will not be sustained. The power and the presence of the Lord, of our Lord, must be grounded in intentional and a consistent desire for intimacy with Him to be able to hear the soft, gentle voice of our God. So we're going to come around a time of, uh, of ministering and we want to be able to pray for you. And just before I finish, there were two things that I wanted to just prompt you to come up for prayer. And the first one is, is that if you have never, you may have known a lot, you may have been in the church a lot, but if you've never made your commitment have an intimate relationship with God I want to pray with you and Matt will pray with you or whoever is up here we want to pray with you for that and we want to invite you into the kingdom of God but I also want to uh, and like me there are so many times where I've been lacking in my intimacy with God if you have been feeling like you need a, a fresh wind and a fresh fire to be intimate with him then we also want to call you out and we want to stand together and we're going to do that together in declaring the goodness of God upon our lives because we're here not just to be filled up we're here to serve each other and to serve this community and to serve this world and declare the goodness of God so I'm going to hand over to Matt and, and go from there I hope you appreciated that and I'll pray thank you let's pray Father, thank you so much for your presence. We thank you that you're, you're with us, even when we lack, even when we stumble.
stumble and even when we fall, you are here and you receive us with open arms. And we want to remain faithful to you. We want to hear your voice and we want to hear what you have for us. So Lord, we come before you and we say, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. And we give you all of the glory and all of the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.